while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. tonight welcome i'm marcus farrow 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening uh, at nine o'clock leon Corey, fairhaven selectman he's going to be joining me in studio we're going to talk uh, about a few things going on um <clears throat> stuff going on in the town of fairhaven which uh, i think we probably need to cover more here um, uh, what, uh, events that they're having for black history month and, um, you know, other stuff. I, Leon's, um, Leon was great the last time he was on. And so I'm looking forward to talking with him at nine. He's going to be here, uh, in studio at nine o'clock. So we'll speak with Leon then until then <clears throat> I'm joined by you at five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. That's how you can join me this evening. So the State of the Union was last night. We did a little bit of live reaction to that um, today. Uh, we did a little bit of live reaction to that while it was going on. I got to see uh, the full speech later. Um, I had Congressman Jake Auchincloss on. And uh, prior to, if you didn't hear the interview, you can on the WBSM podcast. Uh, you know, the podcast on WBSM.com, on the WBSM app, and anywhere where podcasts are offered. <clears throat> but I had a really good conversation with him about a few things. Um, first of all, I think it's great that we're able to get on South Coast tonight, both of our congressmen on, um, and to talk with us regularly uh, about the issues, not just going on here in the South Coast, but um, globally. And uh, I think it's a really important, those are really important conversations that uh, we're looking to continue here. But I had a really good conversation with uh, Congressman Auchincloss right right before the uh, State of the Union around seven o'clock. Um, he was he was on the program, and we we talked about a lot. We covered a lot of ground. Um, one of the things that I wrote a piece on that you can check out on wbsm.com was his article on I mean was his was my article but his comments on China. Um so you can check that out on WBSM.com. He he um he's been uh, appointed to the House House Select Committee on China and uh he's one of the I think I think there's eleven Democrats and, and thirteen um I think there's eleven Democrats and thirteen Republicans 
Uh, Auchincloss is, you know, he's a veteran. He was in the Iraq, he was in the Afghanistan war. He also did a mission in Panama. Um, I think as a Taliban there, something to the, something of the, the, something like that. But, uh, also from Massachusetts is Congressman Seth Moulton from, uh, Salem, uh, in the North shore. And <clears throat> basically, they have fairly similar profiles, Harvard graduates, uh, veterans in the Marine Corps, and um, they're both on this uh, House Select Committee on China. What I thought was interesting about some of his comments were some of his comments were, I thought, pretty interesting because they he talked about, you know, obviously competing, you know, or, uh, you know, having conflict with China where they want to maybe expand their influence into, like he said, the Taiwan Strait and the global South. But he also talked in, in competition competing with China um, on things like trade. But he also talked about working with China as a partner on issues like climate change and and global public health. Because there's, you know, he said there's 1.4 billion people in China. And so uh, he said it's got to be a multifaceted um, approach to um it's got to be a multifaceted approach. It's not as it's not as bright lined as I think a lot of people probably categorize it. It's not that it's not as bright lined, but um, he also praised uh, President Biden's response to the to the China um, the Chinese spy balloon uh, and. You know, I think as far as that goes, uh, it's probably, you know, I think that's probably the correct take um, that they responded the basically the only way they could respond um, because you couldn't shoot it down immediately because the thing was, you know, the size of two buses. It was going to probably cr- leave a crater wherever it was. So, you know, some unsuspecting farmer in Montana could lose their entire crop share. Right. Um, y- you know, you couldn't. You had to wait until it went over the Atlantic Ocean or went over a body of water so that it could cause the least damage. And they were able to salvage the information that they recovered on that balloon. Now, he wouldn't speculate on why the balloon was... He wouldn't speculate on why the balloon was flown. I think he was being careful. You know, the reason that's been put forward, I think, by a lot of people is... And I've, I've read this, is that... The reason the balloon was flown was because they they wanted to send some type of message. They wanted to send some type of message because they have the they they don't need the balloon. They have the capabilities. They've apparently flown the balloon uh, two or three times previously under Trump, but we're learning more. We're just learning more about this now. Um, so. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting conversation with Congressman Auchincloss. We talked about a lot. We talked about some issues in Congress. We talked about um, the State of the Union and the war in Ukraine. So you can check that out on the WBSM podcast. Again, there's also my article on WBSM.com that I'd like you to read. Um, I think you should read when you get a moment uh, because uh, I think it's worth your while. Um, So you can go check that out on... uh, on WBSM.com. I'm working on a, uh, again, Leon Corey is going to be joining us at nine o'clock uh, tonight. I am working on, uh, he, he's going to be in studio. So looking forward to talking with him about some Fairhaven issues 
and um and other things and um what um so uh that'll be I'm working on another local story I don't have it yet but I want to let you guys know that I'm working on it so I'm working on a local story it might end up leading me nowhere it might end up leading me nowhere it might be nothing but it might not be it might be something fairly big um i will say important i'll say fairly important but i'm working on it i can't tell you what it is yet cuz i can't speculate but it's got to do with the the it's it's got to do with some local goings on it's got to do with some local goings on i can't speculate on it yet I'm working on it i'll try to i'll try to get an answer for you guys on that, and if I can, I'll bring it forward to you. But 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. Governor Maura Healy from Massachusetts, she was at the State of the Union. She was uh, Richie Neal's guest. Um, Auchincloss had brought a uh, independent pharmacist from China uh, who immigrated, I think, I think from China, who immigrated here and started a pharmacy in his district. Um, you know, you've seen... Uh, the uh, Fairhaven Pharmacy that was recently um, that was that recently went into business, and actually in Auchincloss's district, there's a lot of in uh, in Fall River. I think we we talked with um, Senator Rodericks about this a while back. There is a lot of independent pharmacies, apparently in Fall River. That's like a thing, and so independent par- pharmacies are becoming uh, increasingly more popular. Maybe as people be, get, uh, grow a little bit more weary of Grow a little bit more weary of the of the um, uh, you know just big pharma and you know multinational organizations. But one of the things that I think last night's speech, uh, if I can talk about it just a little bit, because we don't like to get hung too hung up too much on the on the big national stuff, but it's 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 still a big deal. One of the things that I want to react to about the Biden speech is that one, I think it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty well delivered. He hit on his points. He called Republicans to task. And I think some, some pretty key areas like, um, like not cutting Medicare, medic, uh, and social security. Right. And he made that joke like, Oh, I've been told it's not going to be a problem. So I get, you know, cause Kevin McCarthy has said, we're not going to cut these programs, but we're going to cut X amount of hundreds of billions of dollars from the government. And that will, necessarily mean that those programs would have to be cut as a matter of just like arithmetic that's what we're hearing you know basically from the democrats as congressman auchincloss had told me last night on the air so so biden said oh i heard it's not going to be a problem that we don't have to worry about it so you know just for you know we're all good right so i thought he did a pretty good job of doing that made some jokes made some good salient points um, laid out his agenda pretty clearly and I think presented pretty well too. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about Biden being like senile um, from his opponents, but nobody could possibly deliver a 45 minute speech to Congress like that. And just be completely and totally senile, right? There are some people in Congress that have been reported to have be 
dealing pretty heavily with um, senility. Uh, Diane Feinstein is one of those people um, who is, I think, running for re-election, but now people are just kind of jumping in and running against her, saying, okay, this is over. Um, there's a, like Katie Porter and a few other people are jumping in and running against her in the next, in the next um, Adam Schiff from, from California. But I, I think what this speech did was, and I saw a, um, I actually saw a poll that came out on Biden's speech. Most people approved of it. It got like a 70, 71% approval rating. Um, I think what it did was, I think it just solidified for, 2024 for purposes of 2024 and i know it's fun to speculate on this and a lot of people have done that i think it's solidified basically um i think it's i i think it's um i think it solidifies that he Uh, is going to run again in 2024, and I don't think he's going to get much opposition. It seems like the trend line as far as the economy goes is better. Um, he's presented a lot better in public, uh, and the Republicans, conversely, have not done a not really done a good job being not embarrassing. Um, you saw Marjorie Taylor Greene last night. I mean, Kristen Cinema. Wore a ridiculous outfit too, but Kristen Cinema wasn't screaming. wasn't Kristen Cinema does make a point for everybody to look at her, but Marjorie Taylor Greene was really making it a point with her Corella Deville coat, and then you know screaming liar, liar. I mean, she was very clearly and effectively trying to get on national television. Her big thing is being a carnival barker. She just likes to. She doesn't actually do any legislating. She likes to stoke. She just she just likes to basically you know stoke the flames. Um, she did that when she hired Milo Yiannopoulos as the, um, as her, uh, she, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos as like an intern, an unpaid intern for a few weeks. That's just kind of like her thing. She just likes to, she's a carnival barker. She'll never be a real legislator. She'll never have any legislative power. She'll never have anything. She'll never have an amendment or any sort of legislative language that will do anything positive for the American people, but she'll wear a Corella DeVille outfit. She'll go to Congress and she'll hoot and holler like an idiot and uh, scream at Biden and interrupt his speech and scream who the next Democratic president is and interrupt their speech. That's kind of where things are at right now. So I think Biden looks good, honestly, when you compare it, especially when you consider how poorly the Republicans did in the midterms compared to how they should have done. Um, It doesn't make sense for the Democrats to upset the apple cart and start looking for a new nominee. The optics look bad when they have a sitting president. When they already have a sitting president in the White House, I don't think it makes any difference. I think that speech helped solidify that last night. Good evening. You're live. How you doing? Good. Did I just hear you think Biden's doing good? Oh, I think his speech was good last night, and I think there's... Really? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> what was good about it? I think he presented well. I think it, he laid out his policy agendas. He laid out lies. some of the... A lot he, of, like, the lies that he's talking about like and all that stuff. Like Like almost everything he talked about, buddy. Do you have any specifics? No, I don't have any specifics, but I just, I've listened to it, and believe me, I think he's just full of it, okay? Okay. And, you know, simply 
it's just everything's extremely expensive right now. And these people saying inflation's down and everything like that. If you guys lived on like a fixed income, maybe you'd understand, okay? When you're being forced out because your rents are increasing because taxes are going up, inflation, inflation, groceries are tripled in price in some places, you know, your utilities are through the roof. But yet groceries and stuff don't count in inflation, though, right? Groceries and your utility bills, they, they, they scrape them out. So really, we'd be at like a probably a 40% inflation rate right now, right? Well, so where do these people protect this guy for? What do you use protecting him from? You know, seriously. I don't think it's a matter of protecting him. You guys stand up for him like he's some god, bro. No, he's just the the president of the United States. It's not like he's a god. He's a president, he he has an agenda, and it's a matter of whether or not that... That's the problem. His agendas are ruining our country. We can't drill for oil to bring the prices down. That's the biggest problem right there. Diesel fuel prices... That's the big problem right there. Once you pinch them, it's all the way up the line. You can't you can't run this country on five, six, seven dollar a gallon fuel unless you got all your electric cars are already. Um, I mean, Biden's Biden's oil and gas drilling has outpaced Trump's. Uh, honestly, in his first two years, it yeah, has. Okay, buddy. It, it has. By your numbers, yeah. By your numbers. Well, buddy. yes, Who's it's true. Numbers. I mean, not only numbers? that. Not only that. The oil the electric s- company that's doing the the business for him. Not only that. Who's the, writing his numbers? Not only that. The oil. The oil supply. I don't believe. I don't believe those numbers. They're fraudulent, just like the election was too. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So. So you don't believe any numbers. You're just going on like a general I, feeling that things are bad. No, I don't go by general. I go by what I see at the grocery store, at everywhere else, during Trump's administration. And I could care less about Trump, okay? I never followed politics until I saw Trump being messed with so bad by everybody. Then I started to pay attention. And I'm like, wow, they really hate this guy. We we had good prices on a lot of items out there. I don't know what you use, you know what I mean? But I guess maybe you sit at home and play with your computers all day and you don't go out because you probably get your box of groceries dropped off on your step. But, you know, nothing against you. But the point is here that everything in the country has gone through the roof, dude, and, and it's all blamed on everything else. And it's, well, well, oh, it's Trump's well, fault and it's this guy's fault. No, it's Biden's fault, buddy. Well, it's his his agendas and all of his stuff that yo know, that he has in line, you know, that he's making happen, signing this and signing that, is cutting back on everything to be delivered. I mean, look at the shortages. Look at all the shortages, and where'd half of that shortages stuff go? When I did my research off of this little AM radio that I listened to, it brings me a lot of info. Actually, it really does. But most of your junk. That we need, you know, oh, you got you got baby formula and you can't even get baby aspirin Okay, the, right the baby formula thing is just, first of all, the baby formula thing, I'll tell you right now, that is because, that, that's because a major baby formula distributor 
was not cleaning their facilities, the tanks that made the baby formula. One, and the baby formula. One major baby formula distributor out of how many? It's America. It's America. Of, There's like two or three companies that own every. Country, There's. It's the it's it is the leading baby formula distributor in the country, and, and not only that, okay. it's not only that, it's America. There's like two or three companies that own no every sense, industry. Though. Doesn't make no sense though when you go down to the border. Yes, though, they got all kinds of food and they got all kinds of medicine down there, but we're short on it because they're lying to us. I mean, the shortage, they're lying to us. So you're you're saying that the baby shortage formula is made up so that they can bring the baby formula so to the border? the babies on the border over the American children first. Exactly. It is. And it's pretty funny how a lot of our food is being, you know, our distributing plants and processed plants are burning. Eggplants are burning. And right, right in Connecticut, huge farm just went up. And the egg prices are through the roof. Guess you don't eat omelets, do you? Well, so well, you make good money, so that's okay. Because you, well, you just talk on the radio. So <laughs> go so, dig a ditch, bro. Go dig a ditch for the money, and you might fucking cry more. Right? All right, hey, you, 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 you can't swear, man. I'm sorry. I'll let you go, but you can't, you can't swear in the air. Unfortunately, I do appreciate the call. Uh, before the swearing part. Thanks for the call. I gotta, I gotta move on. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Please keep it FCC compliant. Good evening. You're live. Hi, uh, good evening. Hey, what's I up, Bob? I couldn't tell it any better than that gentleman there. So uh, I'm just going to go along with a second thing. Is that all right? Sure. Okay. I don't blame you for being a Democrat because this city is nothing but Democrats and liberals. <clears throat> that's that's the second thing. The third, I got another one. Uh, third thing. I would like to know how um, uh, what's I can't think of his name now. I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh God, I can't think of it. Johnny One No. Okay. How's he doing? I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, last I heard, he was he was cancer free though. I think. Oh, that's great. That's the last I heard. Uh, I haven't heard from him uh, in a while though. I've been praying for him. Uh, I met him uh, at the radio station on Chris's show uh, several years ago. Yeah, I was and here. You were there? Yeah, yeah, it was Christmas Eve. I was here. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, do you th- honestly, in your heart of hearts, think that this man is doing a good job as president? I mean, I think there's been some, I think, really good policy outcomes that have come from the Biden administration. Um, like what? Like what? Uh, I think ARPA was good. The infrastructure bill, the chips, uh, the chips, infrastructure, the, the, the roads, the bridges of the airports are a mess. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's been a problem that's been going on for half a century, but I think the infrastructure bill will go a long way into fixing a lot of that. Um, I think the chips and science act, that'll bring a lot of manufacturing back here and help us deal with those supply chain issues that we've been dealing with, uh, with respect to, you know, computer chips and all of that. I think that was a, a, a major, major policy achievement that does the thing that, you know, Trump always said he was going to do, bring manufacturing jobs back home. So I think there's been a few legitimate policy out uh good policy outcomes from the biden administration 
Yeah, for sure. No, not everything's been great, and I, I've I've had oh. some issues with the Biden. I've had some issues, but I think there's a lot of doom casting from from Republicans because you know it's you know mm. po- politics and all of that. You've got the proper words at all times, and I, <laughs> I'm I don't have that. Uh, I just tell it like it is, and I shoot from the shoulder. And I wish I could speak like you, but I can tell you this. Um, you're totally wrong, and you've got to admit that this man is a complete failure. I told you about six months ago, I called him Tapioca Joe. That was mild compared to what I call him now. I won't say it on the air, but yeah, uh, he, he's out of it. He's not qualified to be president of the United States. Well, um, I, you know... I, I, again, I don't think everything's been as bad as people like to say it is. Um, but obviously, yeah, inflation's been pretty bad. I think a lot of people have seen those prices go up. It has inflation has dropped a bit, but prices are still up. I don't. You can't blame that all on Joe Biden because inflation was going up before him um, anyway. But uh, yeah, but I still think there's been some legitimate policy, good policy outcomes from his agenda. Bob, I got to hold you there because I got I got some other calls on the line. But thanks for the call; okay. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Good evening. You're live. Hey, Marcus, how are you? Good. How's it going? All is well. Um, no, I'm just I'm just curious uh, uh, on your perspective. It sounds like you were mostly positive on it. Well, I think the speech. Um, yeah, I thought the speech was good. It was well delivered, um, and I think he's in a. He's not. I'm not, not going to say he's in a the the best position any president at his point's been in in terms of getting right, reelection. Right. But I thought it was well delivered. I think he looks better compared to the Republicans and how they behaved last night. You know, I think most people look at behavior like that, all the screaming, you know, liar and yelling about the the, the border and all of that to him while he's delivering a speech. Most yeah, people don't yeah. enjoy that, and I think he looks better compared to them. Sure, sure. Um. I was watching it with uh, my my beautiful ladybird, Lisa. I love you, baby. Um, and, and we were having a hard time, like understanding him. Like, there's there's points where he actually just like mumbles, and I I honestly can't even understand what he's saying. I, I mean, you know, uh, he's not as good of a speaker as he used to be. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, right. you know, in terms of like I understood the speech generally. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't hear a lot of. I don't know. I didn't hear a lot of mumbling. Uh, like he's not what he used to be in terms of his, his public speaking and his public presence. That's that's you know that's absolutely true. But I didn't yeah. feel like the whole thing was mumbled through. You know. No, no. I, I'm I'm interested to hearing your uh, perspective on it. That uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let other callers weigh in. Um, I, I don't think I was as positive on it as as you were no i i just but so i'm 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 legitimately interested in your perspective so uh, um yeah i mean yeah i don't think he's listen i don't think it's everything's been all that great uh i just think that the speech was well delivered i thought he looked better than his republican colleagues did um in in that moment and that i think I think the way he delivered that speech and the way he laid out his agenda, um, you know, obviously. What do you you think about uh, Huckabee Sanders' response? 
thought it was fine. You know, uh, you know, it was fine for what it was. State of the Union responses are really just for. I feel like State of the Union responses. They, they you know, they come on after the president's speech at like whatever ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Yeah. I feel like they're more for the fans of the people that are delivering sure. them. Yeah, like absolutely. most people aren't going to watch the the State of the Union and be like, "Well, mm, I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders had a better point." I think it's mostly right. just for the yeah. the people that already like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So, like, yeah, she delivered a good speech. You know, she's a, she was a professional spokesperson before she was governor, so she knows how to do that. But I don't think it, you know, I don't think it moved the needle one way or the other. I think it was just like that's the thing with the State of the Union, right? It's just like. You know, the, whoever the president is, they pr- present this, hey, this is the way, you know, look, this is the great job I'm doing. This is what we need to do for me to continue doing a great job. And then the State of the Union is just like, no, this is why everything's terrible. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's fair. Thank you, Marcus. No problem. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm not like, oh, my God, this was the greatest thing since the Gettysburg Address, right? I just thought it was fine speech. It was well-delivered. Uh, there's some public polling to suggest that most people agreed that he did well. He made some good points. He was able to, I think, contrast himself with his opponents pretty well and looked better than them in that moment. But, like, yeah, is this, like, the greatest presidency of all time? No, no, I, I never said that. But I think he's better than Trump. I think, I think he's definitely been better than Trump legislatively. Legislatively. He's one of the more accomplished presidents, honestly, of definitely of my lifetime. I'm 33, though. Definitely of my lifetime. Probably of most of your lifetimes, too. Um, Legislatively, he's gotten quite a bit done um, in a pretty divided Congress. So, again, obviously, there's economic, there's, you know, a lot of economic angst around inflation, around gas prices. Some of that stuff just absolutely isn't his fault, whether or not you want to make it all his fault or not. Some of that stuff it absolutely isn't the fault of whoever happens to be president. You know, there's the COVID-19. A lot of people who are saying, well, Trump was so great. The economy was fantastic under Trump. And it's like, well, it wasn't. If it was, he would have won. They're like, oh, that was COVID. That didn't count, right? Well, a lot of this stuff is the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic where the entire world shut down abruptly for the better part of a year. So you can't say everything was so great under Trump and then say, well, uh, well, except for COVID, but that doesn't count. That's not his fault. And then say everything that, ha- that happened under Biden that's a negative economic trend is his fault. All right. Hey, listen, I- I'm, well- I'm way over on my breaks. I got to take... My first break, if I see some calls online, if you're on the line, stay on the line. The show, I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. We've just been reacting to Biden's State of the Union address. And like I said, I thought it was a, I thought it was a well-delivered speech. Um, uh, <laughs> and... Uh, is we're also taking messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, to get an app chat that I cannot say over the air, so that's what I'm laughing at. Sorry, I can't. I can't read it. So I know people have said uh, stop doing that, and I will stop doing that. Reading stuff and laughing about it, not telling you what it is. It's because I. Uh, 
It's because I can't read. <laughs> it's because I can't read the the app chat. Um, so uh, we're also taking your messages on the app chat, though. If you want to send us an app chat message, uh, you know. So, like I've said before, a lot of these, a lot of these economic trends are, you know, a lot of these economic trends that people are, you know, definitely suffering from. Um, are also the result of not just um, it, not global economic trends. Like inflation is, I think, is down from nine nine percent to six percent. It's like ten percent in Europe, right? Gas prices are have been down, uh, as Biden said, a hundred. Uh, I mean, a uh, dollar fifty since its peak, which is true. Um, but gas is gas prices have been higher in other countries, China and Europe, and uh, you know across the EU, etc. When we talk about inflation in, in general, too, a lot of people like to blame ARPA and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, forgetting the fact that Trump himself spent to, uh, the Trump administration themselves, Trump himself signed with his own pen legislation um, that would uh, that approved two point two million dollars. In spending two point two million dollars in spending from the CARES Act uh, to respond to coronavirus, so I mean clearly that's been the established response to the economic and other global health, uh, public health pitfalls of COVID nineteen is to you know invest more in uh, areas in which we that we've shown. Have been severely severely deficient. I think the Chips Act's a, I think the Chips Act's a big one. Um, I think that's one that probably doesn't get that that gets overlooked a little bit too much in terms of bringing a man. Uh, if if Trump had done something like the Chips Act, I think a lot of Republicans would be like, "Oh, see, he's bringing all the jobs home." You know, they I think they're investing three hundred million dollars in bringing manufacturing in domestic manufacturing for computer chips. So, I, I mean, again, I, I think it was. I think it was a, again, I think it was a good, um, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a good speech. And I think, you know, like I said before, I, I think his, you know, legislative, I think his accomplishments as president or his time as president hasn't been as, as doom and gloom as people might think. There is a general, I think, anxiety that's been happening for years over time. But a lot of that has to do with, I think, bigger economic trends or bigger, bigger economic trends than, then who happens to be present at the time? Uh, let's take a call. I can fit this in. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. Hey, what's up? You know, why doesn't Biden listen to James Carvel? It's the economy, stupid. <laughs> well, you know? I, I think he did. I, I mean, he talked... he would, that was one of his most famous quotes, Carvel. Yeah. It's the economy, stupid. Yeah. James Carvel was... Uh, was uh, the campaign manager for Bill Clinton for people who don't know. Yeah, and look, and he got two terms, and he got a lot of stuff done. He balanced the budget. The economy was robust. You know, and uh, uh, he, balanced the budget. The he, he balanced the budget. Eight, uh, he balanced the budget like year seven and eight into his presidency. Yeah, well, that's, he did. I mean, uh, other than Monica Lewinsky, uh, you know, he did a great job. 
in the White House. Again, I think a lot of things that happened under Clinton were beyond his control, like the you know the dot com boom, the internet boom, and all of that stuff. There's a lot of yeah. you know trends, global trends too. There wasn't a Whoa. single global. There wasn't really much of a. There was stuff going on in the Baltics and that, but in Rwanda, which I don't think he really did a lot on. But there wasn't uh, a lot of overriding uh, global conflicts like there were under Bush, Obama, even Trump and Biden. Well, I mean, uh, there was uh, something in uh, the Baltics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was yeah, the Baltics. I can't forget that. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I I saw that speech, and Joe Biden looked into the camera, and he said, remember the jobs that went away? Uh, you bet your bet I remember. In 1972, when he got in, uh, he spent his whole career passing legislation. That's for true. the jobs to go to Canada. Mexico, China. No, that's that's, know, uh, that's that's a legitimate criticism of Biden. I think a lot of the things of I said this when he was running for president because I, I didn't support him. I supported Bernie. But um, I, I said a lot of the things he's running on is reversing all of a lot of the most of the crappy stuff he did over the last 50 years because he has been on the wrong side of just about every issue when he was a senator. He's, he's been on the wrong side of every major issue, every major policy discussion in the last he 50 didn't years. Want his kids, he didn't want his kids to go into the jungle. I mean, I mean that's insulting to uh, the the racial. Many, you're talking about the, the school, black community, the racial yeah, jungle. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crime bill, the racial and all that. jungle. Yeah, he was for segregation, yeah. and this guy's supposed to whitewash. No, I mean, I, it's a nice, it's a nice work of fiction. I mean, uh, I can't deny that. I, uh, and and you know, let me just say this. He says he was sent to finish the job. Yes, he started on his campaign the full Malaki uh, bus tour full of malarkey, built back weaker and poorer. I mean, uh, let's face it, even Jimmy Carter, I mean, it looks like he, he looks fantastic uh, uh, up against Biden. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think that's true at all. Um, I, I, you don't think so? No, I don't, th- I don't think so. Inflation at an all-time high? Yeah, we're not doing odds and even gas. Unemployment? We're, we're, inflation's not at yeah. an all-time high. Unemployment is actually at a f- uh, 50-year low. Um, it, it's been, it's low, the lowest it's been since 1969, I believe. So a uh, more than 50 created, year low. You think he's created 800, uh, 800,000 new manufacturing jobs? No, you know, I think a lot of the, you know, they're obviously every, every president's going to embellish their accomplishments, but the unemployment rate ha- is the lowest oh, it's been in a I while. Mean, right, There's actually, but, but, but one of the, hold on. One of the things that we've been talking about is how there aren't enough jobs being filled. There's a slack labor market. There's too many jobs open in Massachusetts alone. There's too hundred thousand jobs that are vacant right so there's a lot to do in terms of filling those jobs that's been the discussion it hasn't been that there's no jobs out there well, i mean hey, listen I've, I'm, I'm so backed up on breaks if you want to call in the eight o'clock hour you can but i'm no, so backed all, up on break right. i, I uh, gotta take them I just, that's all right thank you for taking my call no Mike. problem 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. If you spent all day hearing about the news, now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. Hey, welcome back. Just going to take one more break, uh, and then we're on to the 8 o'clock hour, so stay tuned. If you want to hear everything.